Shalom, everyone. Praise Yah for you all joining me this day, joining us this on this Shabbat day. Shabbat Shalom. I pray that you all have um, having a restful day, been able to get some rest on this day of rest, and also um, that you've been reflecting on the things of Yah, been able to study, read, pray, doing you know what needs to be done, following the commands of the Most High. Um, praise the Most High that you all are with us today. Um, that um, that we're here. So today's going. We're, we're we're coming to you from Facebook Live, uh, from our YouTube channel, and also from Podbeans and, and iTunes. And um, so if you're on here, we pray that you uh, would like and share this page, like and share your Facebook, invite people to join and be a part, so they can learn the word also. And today we're going to deal with um, just uh, dealing with in, in, inner sin. Uh, we're gonna deal with we're gonna deal with zero op. We're gonna kind of try to follow up with some of our Torah portion, um, and, just, and just get just dig into it. Um, we're gonna deal. So we're gonna start with Matthew eighth chapter first. That, that that's the uh, we're gonna deal with inner sin. Any, anyone that's following following us, we um we deal with zero op. Zero op is a Hebrew word <clears throat> for what many call leprosy, and uh. Leprosy, Zerah, it's an affliction that was given. Uh, it's an affliction of the soul that comes out on the outside. Um, so I guess we we need to start with, with our Second Kings just to get a clear understanding. It's an affliction of the soul, and it comes on the outside. There are many people in Torah that has Zerah. We uh, we know one account numbers twelve. Uh, Miriam uh, had Zerah when her and uh, Aaron was talking about Moses and his wife because Moses was married in Ethiopia. And we get to that scripture also. But our first scripture that we're going to deal with today is going to be from 2 Kings chapter 4. If I can find it. <laughs> so we're going to deal with 2 Kings chapter 4. And also we're going to deal with uh, Matthew chapter 8. We're going to go to um, also Numbers 12. But we deal with 2 Kings chapter number 4. And we're going to be dealing with that about Naaman. So, 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to begin, well, let's talk chapter 5. <clears throat> so I'm going to read some number. We're going to expound on it. Naaman, let's pray also first. Yahweh, thank you for this your day. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Yahweh, for your loving kindness, for being so good to us. We thank you for this Shabbat day that you've commanded us to rest on this day. And that's what we're doing, following the commands. And y'all, we just ask you that, you that you will increase our trust as we learn your word, as we grow in your word. I pray that your word impacts those that hear it and that they can also begin to walk in obedience, walk in trust, experience your grace and your, and your compassion, your said, your loving kindness, y'all. So y'all, we ask you to forgive us of everything that we've done wrong, intentionally or unintentionally. And we just continue to pray for your mercy and your loving kindness toward us in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. So Naaman, uh, chapter, uh, uh, in 2 Kings chapter 5, says, Naaman, commander of, the king of the king, commander of the king of Amram's army, was highly respected and esteemed by his master. Because through him, <clears throat> Yahuwah had brought victory to Amram. But although he was a brave warrior, he also suffered from Zerahat, or leprosy. Now, on one of their raids into Israel's territory, 
Amram carried away captive a little girl who became a servant for Naaman's wife. She, she said to her mistress, I wish my Lord could go to the prophet in Shamron and he could hear the Zerah'at. Naaman went in and told his, told his Lord, the girl from the land of Israel said such and such. And the king of Amram said, go now and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. He sent out he set out taking with him six, 660 pounds of silver, 6,000 pieces of, of gold, and 10 changes of clothes. He brought, he brought the king of Israel a letter which said, When this letter reaches you, you will see that I have sent my servant Naaman to you, so that you can hear the Zerah'at. And when the king of Israel had finished reading the letter, he tore his clothes, and my yah, Able to kill and make alive, he asked, so that he, so that he sends me a man to heal of Zerah'at. You can see that he is only seeking an excuse to quarrel with me. But Elisha, but with Elisha, the man of Yah, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes. He sent a message to the king. Why don't you tear your clothes? Just have him come, come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him who said, Go and bathe in the yard seven times. Your skin will become as it was, and you will be clean. But Naaman became angry and left, saying, Here now, I thought for certain that he would come out personally and that he would stand, call on the name of Yah, his, his Elohim, and wave his hand over the diseased place, and thus healed the person with Zerah'at. Aren't, aren't Amana and Papar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the water in Israel? Why can't I bathe in them and be clean? So he turned and went off in a rage. But his servants approached him and said, My father, if the prophet had asked you to do something really difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So doesn't it make even more sense to do what he says when, when it's only bathe and be clean? So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan, as the man of Yah had said to do. And his skin was restored and became like the skin of a child, and he became clean. Then, with the whole retinue, he returned to the man of Yah, went and stood before him, and said, Well, I've learned that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Therefore, please accept a present from your servant. Elisha answered, As Yahuwah lives before whom I stand, I will not accept it. And despite his urging him to take it, he refused. So Naaman said, If you if you won't take it, then please let your servant be given as much earth as two mules can carry. Because from now on, your servant will offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifices to other gods, but only to Yah. Accept this, and may Yah forgive your servant for it. When my master go into the temple of Rimon to worship there, he leans on my hand, and I bow down in the temple of Rimon. When I bow down, may Yah forgive your servant for this. Elisha said to him, Go in peace. So now we're dealing with Naaman. Naaman has Zerah'at. Now we, his background is that he's a, a captain in the army of the king of Amram. He's won many victories, and it says that Yah has given him these victories. So, But he has one problem. He has Zerah'at. Now Zerah'at is an affliction of the soul. So what is Naaman's problem? When we look at it, it shows that 
when 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 he went when he goes to Elisha and he asks to be clean, Elisha tells him to go dip in the Jordan. He got mad. He got mad and began to say, "Hey, we got these rivers over here and demonstrate they better than all the wars of Israel." And his servant comes to him. When his servant comes to him, something is brought out to us. His servant says, "This my father. If if the prophet asks you to do something really difficult." When you have done it, so doesn't it make even more sense to do what he says when it's only to bathe and be clean? So it it seems at this point he has a pride issue. It's an issue because most of the time people who have pride problems can't humble themselves. They don't they, they, they don't know how to humble themselves and just take, you know, the right way out or the humble way out. It's gotta be something difficult. That's even in life today. The many of us who have pride problems, it's hard to humble ourselves. It's hard to deny our own self-interest because maybe how people look at us, or maybe even how we see ourselves. So Naaman has a pride problem. So so when the servant comes to him and tells him, "Hey," he just simply just said, "Go go dump in the, in the Jordan seven times. Go bathe and be clean." And so so when Naaman hears this, after his servant kind of reasons with him, he does what he says. So he goes to the Jordan. He dips in the Jordan and he comes out. He's clean. He no longer he, he no longer has uh, Zerahat. Now he tries to give Elisha some gifts. Now the thing I want to bring out is the gifts that he tried to give him is, is why why didn't Elisha take him? Why why didn't Elisha take him? And when name was urgent, maybe, maybe it was is because. Of Naaman's position, not necessarily that Elisha didn't want to take a gift, and I know it's not a money thing, but maybe it was the position that Naaman was in for him to be refused to the things that he wanted and how he would react to it. Just like when when Elisha told him to go dip in the, in the Jordan seven times, and how he responded out of anger, got mad, and said, "Well, man, look at all these rivers. This is a great river over here. That's a great river over there. They're better than the waters of all of Israel. I can go do one of them." And then even when his servant came to him and said, "Hey," If he would have asked you something really difficult, you'd have done it. He just simply said, go do something. Just humble. as bathing clean. So now he's in the position to give gifts. Elisha wouldn't take it. And he, he submits to it. And he humbles himself. And him showing that he humbles himself is, 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 is calling Elisha, is putting Elisha or Elisha the prophet above him by calling himself the servant. He calls himself a servant. He calls himself Elisha's servant. And he then he said, May y'all forgive me because when I go to with, with, my, with my master, my, the king, and he goes to the tip of Rimon and he bows, I'm not worshiping with him. I'm going to do my job. But please let me just carry some dirt with me back to where I'm from. So that, 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 that shows the humility that, that, uh, that Naaman was dealing with. Naaman was dealing with pride. Now, we're not, we're not going to go into Gehazi because Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, we're going to deal with him next. But let's go to Numbers 12 and let me show you something. Because because mo most people say that you only get uh, leprosy or Zerahat from what they call Lashon Hurrah. And Lashon Hurrah is forbidden speech, gossip. Now, that's not that, that's not the only thing that you get a, an affliction from. It's, it's, it's inner secret sins. It's sort of like playing the hypocrite, because you know, and now, and I and I can understand why Lashon Hara is a um, 
is, is critical because, you know, it, it, it's, it's dangerous to talk about somebody behind their back. And then in their face, you want to smile at them, be their friend. You know, so like the song the OJs have, backstabber, backstabber, smile in my face. All the time, I want to take my place. So, 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 Lashon Harab shows two faces. It shows you in the person's face, you're smiling, being friendly, complimenting, encouraging them, telling them they can make it. But behind their back, you're saying things about them. They're worse if you can't stand them, you don't like them, all kind of things. And, and, and that's forbidden speech because that goes against the command that Yah has given us to love. You can't love anyone by degrading them, by, by, by putting them down, by talking about them. And, and, and you can't, so, so y'all doesn't like that. But we're going to deal, we're going to deal with um, Miriam and Aaron, Aharon, and, and, and we're going to see if, if what they did, if that was Lashon Hurrah, or if that was something else. So let's, let's bring it out. Numbers 12. Numbers 12 and 1 says this, Miriam and Aharon Begin, began criticizing Moshe on the account of the Ethiopian, Ethiopian woman he had married. For he had, in fact, married an Ethiopian woman. They said, is, is it true that Yah has spoken only with Moshe? Hasn't he spoken with us too? And Yah heard them. Now, now this man Moshe was very humble, more so than anyone on earth. Suddenly, Yah told Moshe, Aharon, and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. The three of them went out. Yahuwah came down in a column of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent. He summoned Aharon and Miriam, and they both went forward. He said, listen to what I say. When, when there is a prophet among you, I, Yahuwah, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. But it isn't this way with my servant Moshe. He is the only one who is faithful in my entire household. With him, I speak face to face and clearly, not in riddles. He sees the image of Yah. So why weren't you afraid to criticize my servant Moshe? And the anger of Yah flared up against him and he left. But when the, when the cloud was removed from above the tent, Miriam had... Zerat, as white as snow. Aharon looked at Miriam, and she was as white as snow. Aharon said to Moshe, Oh, my Lord, please don't punish us for this, for this sin we committed so foolishly. Please don't let her be like a stillborn baby with his body half eaten away when he comes out of, the, his, of his mother's womb. Moshe cried to Yah, Oh, Yah. I beg you, please heal her. And Yah answered Moshe, If her father had merely spit in her face, wouldn't she hide herself in shame for, for seven days? Listen to that verse. So let her be shut out of the camp for seven days. After that, she can be brought back in. So Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days, and the people did not travel until she was brought back in. Afterwards, they went on from Hot Zerot, and, and, and camp at the Paran Desert. Now, Miriam. Let's get some. Let's get some background on Miriam. Miriam was considered by Yah the prophet. When you read Exodus, it says Miriam the prophet. Miriam was the older sister of Aharon and Moshe. She was a young girl, but by the time Moses was born, 
and, and he was placing it in the basket by his mom, and she said she said in in, in the river. Miriam had to have been probably about 11 or 12 years old when you look at the history. So she was a young girl. She was the oldest sister. And she was also a leader of Israel. She was a leader with Moses and Aaron. Then you have Aaron. So what's going on here? Because, because Miriam was considered to be a prophet. Now we understand what a prophet is according to scripture. A prophet is not just, is not just someone who foretells the future but also a teacher of Israel, someone who can teach the word, someone who explains the word to lead Israel to Yah, to stay in the direction and to persuade them to turn back to Yah if they're going astray. So she had a serious responsibility. And then Aharon was the high priest of Israel. He was the high priest. He was the one that atoned for the sins of the whole nation once a year on Yom Kippur. His descendants, they did sacrifices Often, and they had the responsibility of teaching Torah to the people, giving out the word to the people, the commands of Yah, judgment. And then you got Moshe, who was the mediator over all of Israel. He was the first mediator, actually. Oh, oh, he, 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 Moshe is the first person that Yah revealed himself to by his name in Scripture. When you look in Scripture, he tells Moshe in Exodus 3. I did not reveal myself by name to Abraham, Yishak, and Yaakov, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They knew me as El Shaddai. Then Yah tells Moses, his name is a Yud, a Hey, Vav, Hey. So it's, it's, it's Yahuwah, Yahweh, or Yahweh, or Yahweh, however you want to pronounce it. Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey. So he reveals his name. So when, when, when we look here, I want, to, I want to see why did Yah make this statement to Moses? When Moses prayed to her, listen to this. Uh, uh, twelve thirteen says this. Pray when Moses prayed to Yah. Numbers twelve thirteen says this. Moshe cried to Yah, "O Yah, I beg you, please heal her." Yah answered Moses. He says, "If her father had merely spit in her face, wouldn't she hide herself?" in shame for seven days. So he, he, he's making a statement. So Miriam had, had, had to have done something that she should have been ashamed of doing. And not just talking about, don't y'all use us. Or, you know, well, he married he married an Ethiopian woman. And then she says, well, you know, uh, is it true that y'all has only spoken to Moshe? So what is she doing? What's going on? Well, when you clearly look at the scripture, it, it, it it clearly can show that Miriam is trying to bring strife, trying to bring discord. She's trying to divide two brothers. First of all, Aaron and Moses. She's trying to bring a division by saying what she's saying. And she's in cahoots with Aaron. And by her getting the punishment, y'all punishes the one who started it. He punished the one who initiated it. So Miriam is bringing discord, bringing strife. And, and, and that's one of the things that y'all hates. Y'all hates when we bring discord. So, and, and her excuse was, well, is it true that y'all has spoken only to Moshe? Y'all hears what they say. It, 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 it describes Moses. Saying Moses was, now this man Moses, Moshe, was very humble. He was more so, more so than any person on the earth. Moshe was the most humble person on the earth at this point. The scriptures say that. 
And I believe the scriptures. So he wasn't puffed up. He wasn't putting himself above anybody. He wasn't making himself be famous. But he was set apart by Yah. Not by his own initiation, but by what Yah said. Yah says, hey, listen now. Let me explain to you. I talk to prophets in dreams and visions. Talk, I give them riddles. You know, I make myself known to them in dreams and in visions. That's how I make myself known to the prophet. But this is not how I do with Moses. He said, listen, when I come to Moses, he is the only one who is faithful in my entire household. First thing, with him, I speak face-to-face -face and clearly, not in riddles. And he sees the image of Yah. And, and Yah is, is, is telling Miriam and Aaron, y'all should have recognized that. Y'all should see that. So Yah says, why were you afraid to criticize my servant, Moshe? Now, when you look at the word servant or slave, because Moshe is considered a slave of Yah, that's not a bad thing like we think of Western slavery, that Moshe, Moshe carried the authority of Yah. He carried out his business. He was his servant. He did what Yah wanted to do. He, kept, he handled the affairs of the Most High. He was able to conversate. Moshe was an intercessor. He was a mediator. He is one that can talk to the Most High about what's going on. For example, when Yah was getting ready to destroy all the nation, it was Moshe who said, hey, wait, whoa, you can't do that. If you kill them, then all the nations are going to say you brought them out only to kill them. And they're going to look at you differently. He the one that, he, so, and, and so they spoke uh, uh, face to presence, as Exodus 33 says, as a man speaks to his friend. And, and, and Moshe was so close to the Most High that the Most High allowed Moshe to see his backside while he proclaimed his reputation to him, who, his, who he was, his character, his name to him. The word name is the Hebrew word Shem. So, he, so, so Yah revealed all who he was to Moshe as he put him in the cleft of a rock, walked past him, put his hand over his face, and allowed him to see his backside while revealing his entire self to him. That's how important and close that Moshe was to Yah. Nobody else was ever that close to him. And Miriam and Aharon should have saw that. But it looked like Miriam was trying to initiate discord, strife. And that's a sin. That's brother against brother. And Yah didn't like that. And on top of that, she was a leader. And leaders have the ability to persuade the people who follow them. So Yah does not like discord. He does not like people. So, so this, 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 this is more than Lashon Hurrah talking about Moses. This is, this is bigger than that. He, and Yah does not like people coming in trying to sow discord among people. Yeshua says this in the renewed covenant. How men will know who his Tamadine are is that they will have love for one another. They will love the brother. You will love one another. The greatest command that y'all have is that, that, to, 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 to love y'all with all your heart, with all your resources, with all your might. And the second one is to love your neighbor as your own individual self. When you look in Torah, you see that Yah is, is teaching Israel to have mercy even on their own enemies. 
He gives the example, say, hey, when you walk in and see your neighbor under his ox in the ditch, you are to stop. Help him to get it up off of him, get his load and help him. So, so, so Yah commands us to show mercy toward our enemies when they are in the bind, regardless to what they've done to us, regardless of how they feel about us, we have to show mercy. So, so, so Miriam here is trying to bring some division. And y'all don't like that. So Zerah is not just a fiction of, uh, uh, excuse me, is not just Lashon Harab. Now let's go back to 2 Kings uh, 4. And let me show you something else going to bless you. 2 Kings 4, we're going to deal with Gehazi, excuse me, 2 Kings 5, I'm sorry. I keep saying 4 for some reason. We're going to go to the Gehazi, Elisha's servant. And I say Elisha because Elisha is the Hebrew word. We, we say Elisha, but it's actually Elisha. So, and then Elijah is Eliyahu. So, 2 Kings 4, excuse me, <laughs> 5. Now, watch this right here. 2 Kings 5, we're going to begin at verse 19. Elisha said to him, Go in peace. Naaman had gone only a short distance from him. When Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of Yah, said to him, Here, my master has here, my master has made it easy on this Arami, Naaman, or Naaman, by not accepting from him what he brought. As Yah lives, now listen, Gehazi is swearing to God. He put it on Yah. <laughs> like many of us say, I put it on my mama. I put it on my kids. Gehazi said, as y'all lives, he put it on y'all. As y'all lives, I will run after him and get at least something from him. And that's, that's bold and that's wrong. But he did it. So Gehazi hurried off after Naaman or Naaman. And when Naaman or Naaman saw someone running after him, he got down from his chariot to meet him and asked, Is everything all right? Yes, he replied. My, my master sent me with this message. Two young men have just now come to me, Gil prophets from the hills of Ephraim. Will you be kind enough to give them a talent of silver, 60 pounds, and a change of two clothes? So a talent, a talent is of silver is 60 pounds and two changes of clothes. By all means, take two talents. So Naaman gave him 120 pounds of silver apiece. By all means, take two talents, said Naaman, pressing him. He tied up the two talents of silver with, with, with two bags and gave them and gave them with two changes of clothes to, to the two two of his servants who carried and who carried them ahead of Gehazi. On reaching the hill, he took the bag from them and put them away in the house. Then he left the men, then he let the men go and they left. He went in and stood before his master, Elisha, his master. And Elisha asked, where have you been, Gehazi? Listen to this. He lies. Your servant hasn't gone anywhere. 
He said, and Elisha said to him, wasn't my heart there with you when the man left his chariot to meet you? Hmm. Is, is this a time to receive silver and clothing? The olive groves and the vineyards and the sheep and the oxen and the male and female slaves. Then Naaman, then therefore, Naaman's Zerah will cling to you and your descendants forever. He left Elisha's presence with Zerah as white as snow. So what was Gehazi's sin? What, 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 was the, what was the problem? He lied. He was a liar. He, he did what he did in secret. He, he, he lied to Elisha was one thing. Second thing is he was greedy. He wanted the money. And you know, check something out. He should, what if he would have told the truth? He lied. See, secret sin. Let me, let, let, let me explain to you secret sin. Secret sin is intentional sin. It's doing something in your mind first before you carry it out. It's thinking about it. Is thinking about it and then carrying the thought out instead of pulling it down and walking away. It's carrying the thought out of doing the wrong thing and then when you do the wrong thing, acting like you ain't did nothing wrong. Trying to hide what you do from people. Let me explain to you. You can hide everything that you do secretly from man, but there is nothing hidden from the Most High. He sees all things. He know all things. There is nothing that's done that he doesn't know about. So you can't get away with secret sin. Yah knows your heart. He tests your inner motives. Jeremiah 17, 9. Let's go to Jeremiah 17, 9. There is nothing hidden from Yah's sight. So Jeremiah 17, 9, and Jeremiah 17, 9 is becoming one of my most favorite scriptures. You know why? Because it, it keeps me from having an excuse to do wrong. It holds me accountable. It should hold you accountable. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this. Seventeen nine says, the heart... The heart, anywhere, anytime you look into the scripture and you see the word heart, it's always referring to the mind. It, 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 it's what you're thinking about. It's your intellect. Also your emotions. So all of us say, well, you know, God know my heart. Y'all know my heart. He does know your heart. You know your heart. And your heart is desperately wicked. It's more than the sick. Nobody has a good heart. You can't, really, you can't rely upon your own heart. You cannot let your heart control you. You got to speak to it and say, I'm going to do what's right, period. Because your heart will have you doing the wrong thing. And you got to learn how to separate your feelings from what's right. Because your feelings, your emotions, they can cloud your sound judgment and have you doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing. So Jeremiah 17, 9 says this. The heart is more deceitful than anything else. And mortally sick. Who can fathom it? I, Yah, search the heart. I test 
inner motivations in order to give to everyone what his actions and conduct deserves. So y'all touch the heart. He tests your inner motivations. He tells your heart is desperately wicked. He tells us our heart is mortally sick. And then he says, you know, I test the inner motivation. I, I deal with you on why you do what you do. So I'm dealing with your intentions. Then I'm going to give to everyone according to what their actions and conduct deserve. So y'all gave Miriam Zerat because of her inner motivation. Why she was doing what she was doing. Naaman had Zerat because of his pride. He was puffed up, lifted up. Gehazi, he was tested. So their, their hearts was tested. And they received justly the reward from Yah or what their conduct and their actions deserve. So, so Zerah is an affliction of the soul that comes out openly. And see, and when you read Leviticus, let's go to Leviticus 13. When you read the Torah, you those who have Zerah, they got to sit outside of the camp. And being outside of the camp is, is equivalent today as being out of the presence of Yah, out from his provision. From his protection. It's, be, it's being basically on your own. In a place where you, where you don't have the security. Because you are unclean. Hallelujah. So, so Yah says in, um, let's go to Leviticus 13. Let's find it. Let's find the scripture. Okay. So Yah says in, in, in Leviticus 13.45 says this. Everyone who has Zerah'at sores is to wear torn clothes and unbound hair. Cover his upper lip and cry, unclean, unclean. As long as he has sores, he will be unclean. Since he is unclean, he must live in isolation. He must live outside the camp. So Zerah, you're in an unclean state, you're outside the camp. Think about that. Many of us today have Zerah, even spiritually. We're unclean, living unclean, doing things that we know that we should not be doing and thinking the most high is pleased with us. Trying to fool people. We got preachers and their wives. We got elders in the community who are doing things, adultery, uh, not under the feast days, not under Shabbat, abuse, uh, intentional sin that we know better than doing, and then we come before people and try to act like we're doing all right. Trying to fake it till we make it. You can't fake it till you make it. As long as you fake it, you will never make it. As long as you fake it, you'll be in the same situation, never able to come out. The only way you can come out of what you're in is being real with Yah with yourself and others. First John 1 John 1.9 says this, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And, and sometimes the sins we want to confess, we don't like to talk about them. We so-called say we're embarrassed. Remember this though, embarrassment is a choice. You can choose not to be because I already tell the, the truth and be set free from something that has me bound, then they continue to remain in a lie and be embarrassed when I'm exposed. I'd rather just go ahead and confess that thing and just say, you know, y'all, I got some issues. 
I, help me. A lot of us have, believe me, a lot of us have issues. Just deal with the issue. Tell the truth. Ask the most high to help you come out of whatever you are in because he will. He has her said. He has loving kindness. He has grace. He covers you. Yeshua HaMashiach died for intentional sin as well as sins committed out of ignorance. So then now, therefore, whatever sin that you've done, he will forgive you. Just turn from it. But now if you continue to, to, to dwell in that sin, then how should you escape if you continue to neglect so great a salvation? How do you expect to escape the wrath of Yah if you continue to neglect, neglect the salvation he's given to you? There no longer remains a sacrifice for you if you're going to continue to remain in the sin. And I'm, and I'm dealing with intentional sin. So let's go to Matthew chapter number 8. We, we, got, we got on this this morning. I was so proud of my, my daughters because she was able to bring it out. You know, of, uh, of, of, of she got from this, from this uh, scripture, she was able to realize what was going on. So let's go to Matthew 8, chapter, uh, excuse, verse 1. says this. After Yeshua had come down from the hill, large crowds followed him. Then a man afflicted with Zerah came, leprosy. Kneeled down in front of him, excuse me, and said, Sir, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Yeshua reached out his hand, touched him, and said, I am willing, be cleansed. And at once he was cleansed from his Zerah. Then Yeshua said to him, See, see that you tell no one, but as a testimony to the people, go. Let the Kohen examine you and offer the sacrifice that Moshe commanded. Now listen, what's going on? Yeshua is coming down from the hill. Large crowds following. Then a man afflicted with Zerah came, kneeled down, worshipped, kneeled down in front of him and said, Sir, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, was this man asking Yeshua a question? Or was he making a statement? Was he saying something else? The man, the man has Zerah. Yeshua has a clear understanding of what Zerah is. When you look at uh, 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 verse 3, it says Yeshua reached out his hand, touched him, and said, I am willing, be clean. So Yeshua, understanding his mind, understanding the man was coming in full repentance. Basically telling him that I'm changed, I'm different, I'm not the same anymore. And Yeshua knowing that, being who he is, the Mashiach, being the second mediator for not just only the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but to anyone who receives the Yah of Israel and come under that same covenant that are grafted into the covenants of Israel, that he's willing. So now listen to this. <clears throat> Yeshua knows the man's heart, knows the man's mind. So he reached out his hand and said, I'm willing, be clean. So he healed the man. So now it makes sense when it says that Yeshua can heal the sin sick soul. The one, so, so the man said, the man said, if you're willing, you know, you can make me clean. Yeshua said, I'm willing. And at once he was clean 
from the zero art. And, and when, now listen, when you are clean from the zero art, you are able to be accepted back in. You know, let me say this. A lot of us, we may not have no physical outside appearances of sores on our bodies, but many of us are still unclean. Whether you are Israel by physical DNA or whether you're getting it in. We live unclean and we need to straighten it up. We need to get it clean. Whatever issues that, we, that we're dealing with, whether it's our pride, whether it's our hatred towards someone, unforgiveness, whether we have a drug addiction, whether we have a fornication problem or adultery, whether we're lying, whether we're compromising and not willing to stand up for the truth because of fear, whether we're even denying who we are and who he is. So we need to really understand. Look at the situation with Miriam and Aharon. Yah knows everything. He knows the heart. He's going to deal with you. He's not going to let, let it pass without you dealing with him. Miriam had to be dealt with. The situation had to be dealt with. Listen, Israel could not even go any further until Miriam was brought back into the camp. So you want so if you're wondering why you're stagnant or why people are stagnant or why you or why, why where you're at is stagnant, maybe the people need to get clean. Or maybe you yourself need to get in your right position and get clean so you all can move forward. Go ahead and go forward. And then Miriam was in a position of leadership. So even if you are a leader, maybe as a leader, you need to get your mind right. Quit having foolish thoughts. Because y'all understands that he hear those things, he see those things. And we need to see that. One, one, one particular thing that I saw that was amazing to me, we're going to go, it's two things that I saw was how humbled how humbled Nabal became. Another thing I saw is how this man right here that had leprosy in Matthew 8, how humble he became. Y'all resist the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humbleness will exalt the nation. So think about that. Walk in humility. Have humility. Humility is to, is to deny your own self-interest. And let's stop blaming others. We're going to go to one scripture and we're going to end with prayer. One more scripture we want to end with prayer. We're going to go to James, Yaakov. The, the book of James is funny that his name wasn't James. His name was Yaakov. And they gave, the, they gave the book of James the name James after King James. And it, it don't even, you know, but the name is Yaakov. That was his real name. So, let's deal with uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to James one and twelve. It says, "How blessed is the man who perseveres through temptation, for after he has passed the test, he will receive." as his crown, the life 
which Yah has promised to those who love him. The word love is to be obedient. No one being tempted should say, I am being tempted by Yah, for Yah cannot be tempted by evil, and Yah himself tempts no one. Rather, each person is being tempted whenever he is being dragged away or dragged off and enticed by the bait of his own lust. Then having conceived, or his own desire, then having conceived, the desire gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Don't delude yourselves, my brothers. So, when you're being tempted, you're blessed if you overcome the temptation. Don't give in to it. If you read up, it, it, it says, if you lack wisdom, let him ask Yah, who gives liberally. If you lack wisdom over a situation, if you lack wisdom how to get out of something, or if you lack wisdom how to overcome the temptation, ask Yah, he will help you. Don't give in to the debate of your own desire to do wrong, to speak wrong, to respond wrong, to act wrong. Because when you do those things, it creates sin and it causes a world of problems for your life. So, that, so let's ask Yah to help clean us up from the Zerah, the spiritual leprosy, the inner efficiency of the soul, and to cleanse us and make us clean so we can be received into the household, back into the camp, back into the fold, so that we can go forward and move it in y'all. Amen. So I praise y'all that you all were blessed. I praise y'all that this will help someone. Listen, this is, on, this is on Facebook Live. Also, like, share this to someone who you know is struggling with something to encourage them. Go to our YouTube channel. We're on, we're on YouTube also. This message will be posted to YouTube also. Um... We're on Podbean. We're on iTunes podcast. Uh, you can go find us on our website, and you can get the links to from our website. And that's ahavloveministry.com. It's a h a v l o v e m i n i s t r y dot com. You can go there also, and you can be encouraged by this word. And let y'all bless you. If you want to come worship with us, just get in contact with us. You can messenger, email. Uh, and we'll respond back to you, and we can worship together uh, to the Most High. Hallelujah. So let's, let's, let's end in prayer. Yahweh, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for being good to us. We appreciate it, Yah. We ask you to forgive us of the things that we've done that's not right, that's unclean, that we, that we know that we should not do. And we pray, Yah, that you will help us to begin to walk in obedience to your word. Not have secret sin in the things that we know that need to be dealt with. But I pray that you that your word hold us accountable, that we be convicted of our sin, that we be turned from that sin to Shuva, and Yah, that we be led by your Ruach into all truth. Yah, we want to please you, we want to be in your purpose, and we thank you for being uh, willing to accept us. Yah, we just glorify you, and we ask you to continue just to lead and guide us, and we pray all these things in the Mashiach's name, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name. Amen. Shalom, everyone.
post. Yeah, you 